0: New Hope Radio, so happy to have you come along with me today. Oh, looking forward to a good one, really good one. We're in a series entitled Women Jesus Met. And in this series, we're learning how Jesus elevated the role of women in his day. Last time we were together, we noted that he had women disciples. Yeah? something that was unheard of in those days. Today we're going to see that he included women in his parables. We're going to see how or why that was so important. Because that was unique. When other teachers taught, they didn't didn't use the ladies in their messages. Oh, Jesus did. We're going to see how that works today. I am ready to go. Hope you are too. So, I'm going to give you some instances where Jesus teaches parables and he pairs women with men. Again, very unique. Okay, let's begin first of all he returns to his hometown of of Nazareth and presents some radical teachings and he's gonna give a teaching and he's gonna talk about some Gentiles and one of them (laughs) is a woman again try to put yourself back in the first century this is unheard of in Luke chapter 4 verse 25 Jesus said but I say to you in truth there were many widows in Israel In the days of Elijah, when the sky was shut up for three years and six months, and a great famine came over all the land. And yet, Elijah was sent to none of them, but only to Zarephath in the land of Sidon, to a woman who was a widow. Oh, and there were many lepers in Israel in the time of Elisha the prophet. And none of them was cleansed, but only Naaman the Syrian now notice what jesus is doing he's telling the people that the gospel is open to all people and he's using a woman who is not only a woman but she is a gentile woman the widow and he's also using a gentile man Naaman. now what do you think the crowd's response would be to the news that god wants all people to be saved Be like, oh, yeah, right on, God. God is good, right? Thank you, Lord. Well, verse 28, all the people in the synagogue, (laughs) what? They they were filled with rage when they heard these things. I'm like, what? God wants everybody to be saved. And these people get angry. You know how angry they got? I'm going to tell you. They got so angry that they got up and drove Jesus out of the city. they led them to the brow of a hill on which the city had been built because they wanted to throw him off the cliff. <laughs> I'm like, what's up with these people? The, gre- the greatest news they could ever hear, God wants everybody to be saved. Yes, Gentiles and women, everybody. And these people are like, no, man, we don't want them saved. We just want people like us. And they actually wanted to kill Jesus for bringing that message. I'm like, wow. Jesus told a parable, a couple of parables, about the old and the new life, okay? And again, he's going to bring radical teachings, including women, because again, you didn't use, women were on the back burner. They weren't in, public, in the public eye. They weren't part of the flow of society, Okay. So Jesus comes along and he changes the whole thing. He turns the tables over in that regard as well. So in Luke, what is it? Luke five, verse thirty-six, he was also telling them a parable, and here's what he said. No one tears a piece of cloth from a new garment and puts it on an old garment, otherwise he'll both tear it'll tear the new and the old, and the piece won't match. Now, I don't know if Jesus was around back in the 60s, but we used to wear, we called them dungarees. We didn't call them jeans. I don't know why we call them jeans. It sounds kind of girly. But we called them dungarees, right? And we'd always, when we were kids, we'd always get a hole in the knee. And my mother would sew this patch over the hole. And you know what would happen? The hole would get bigger, and she'd put a bigger patch. <laughs> then the hole would get bigger, I had a patch going from the top of my knee down to my ankle. I'm like, that's it. I can't wear these anymore. (laughs) That's how it was. But Jesus was right. You cannot put a new patch on an old garment because it rips the old one. And then he said, no one puts new wine into old wineskins. Otherwise, the new wine will burst the skin and it'll be spilled out all over the ground and the skin will be ruined. And again, when they put wine in a wineskin, the wine expanded, and it stretched out the wineskin. If you put more wine into it later, it would stretch again to the point of breaking. So, But I want you to notice in these parables, the first one about the patch, the mending of a garment, that's the task of a woman. Moms would do that. The making of wine, that's the work of men. You see, he's using women as well as men in his teachings. Jesus had a deep concern for repentant sinners, especially those that were rejected by the so-called righteous. And he loved those that turned from their evil ways, even their religious ways, to him. And in Luke chapter 7, verse 36, Jesus said, Now one of the Pharisees was requesting him to dine with him. And Jesus entered the Pharisee's house and reclined at the table. One thing about Jesus, he never turned down an invitation. Think about that. It didn't matter who asked him. Pharisee, tax collector, nice guy. Jesus always accepted the invitation. Why? Because he was available to all people. He had a good message for all people. Okay? I wish more people in the world understood that, that Jesus had a good message for all people. So he entered the house and he sat at the table. And there was a woman in the city, hmm, who was a sinner. What kind of sinner? We don't know. We can assume. And when she learned that Jesus was reclining at the table in the Pharisee's house, you're not going to believe it. She came into the house. And she brought an alabaster vial or perfume. Alabaster is a stone. It's a beautiful stone jaw with expensive perfume. And standing behind Jesus at his feet, she was weeping. And she began to wet his feet with her tears. And kept wiping them with the hair of her head. And kissing his feet and anointing them with the perfume why did she do this I think this wasn't the first time she met Jesus I think she was in the crowd other times and when Jesus was was preaching the good news of the kingdom and talking about forgiveness it struck her right in the heart and you know what she found She found forgiveness, which led to repentance. And she sought out Jesus. She sought him out to thank him, to pour out her heart. But you know what happened in verse 39? When the Pharisee who had invited him saw this, he said to himself, If this man were a prophet, he would know who and what sort of person this woman is, who's touching him, that she is a sinner, and Jesus answered him and he said, Simon, I have something to say to you. And he replied, Say it, teacher. Jesus tells a story. A moneylender had two debtors. One owed five hundred denarii and the other fifty. When they were unable to repay, he graciously forgave them both. So which of them will love him more? And Simon answered and said, I suppose the one whom he forgave more. And he said to him, you've judged correctly. And then turning toward the woman, he said to Simon, you see this woman? I entered your house. You gave me no water for my feet, but she wet my feet with her tears and wiped them with her hair. You gave me no kiss since the time I came in, but she has not ceased to kiss my feet. You did not anoint my head with oil, but she anointed my feet with perfume. And then Jesus said, You know, Simon, For this reason I say to you, her sins, which are many, they've been forgiven, because she loved much. But he who is forgiven little, (laughs) loves little. And then he said to her, Your sins have been forgiven. Those who were reclining at the table with him, they began to say to themselves, Who is this man? Who even forgives sins. And he said to the woman, Your faith has saved you. Go in peace. This is why so many people were attracted to Jesus. Because he was attractive. I'm not saying in his physical appearance, he was attractive in his person, in his personality. In his speech and the in the way that he was and that's why many people were attracted to him Jesus told a parable about the Pharisee and the tax collector one was a so-called self-righteous man one was a sinner the tax collector exhorting money from his own people and the Pharisee prayed this pompous prayer and the tax collector was just remorseful He couldn't even look up to heaven and at the end you know what Jesus said only one of these is forgiven and it wasn't the one who was self-righteous it was the one who was a sinner oh Jesus was radical he was very radical in his teachings he taught what no one else taught the Gospels for the whole world women are important they're valuable. They're not under men. They're not below them. He told a parable about persistent prayer. And he used a widow. Where the widow came to a judge for legal protection. And she kept coming and coming and coming. The guy didn't want to hear it. But finally he gave in. Why? Because of her persistence. And Jesus is saying, when you pray, don't give up. Don't quit persist, but he used a woman in that teaching. Could he use the man, but he used a woman. The point is, he taught a parable about persistent prayer, and he uses people that no one ever expects. Tax collectors, women, sinners, what? Jesus, why are you using them? Because they're the ones I came for. And they're the ones that you need to accept. That's why. He talked about the divided household in Luke 12. He talked about a time will come when families will be divided. Oh, father against son, son against father. Mother against daughter. Daughter against mother-in-law. And on and on and on it goes. He, he especially he used mother and daughter and mother-in-law and daughter-in-law to make sure people understood. Listen, these people are not second-class citizens. They are not on the back burner. They're on the forefront. When Jesus told the parable of the mustard seed, trying to get people to understand the kingdom of God, in Luke thirteen, he said the kingdom of God, you know, is like a mustard seed, which a man took and threw into his garden, and it grew and became a tree. And the birds of the air nested in its branches. And everybody's, oh yeah, okay, we get that. Good going, he's a good farmer. Oh yeah, that guy, he knows what he's doing. But then Jesus said, wait a minute, I'm not done. The kingdom of heaven is like leaven, which a woman took and hid in three pecks of flour until it was all leavened. And what's the point he's making? Men do the farming. Women bake bread. See, in these parables, in these teachings, Jesus is elevating the role of women. He's doing it intentionally. Maybe men need to get it through their head that women ought to be elevated. Maybe even higher than them. I wouldn't doubt it. He told the parables of the lost things. Remember those in Luke 15? The lost son, the lost sheep, the lost coin. Well, a couple of those, they're really interesting. He told the parable of the lost sheep, right? He said, what man among you, if he has a hundred sheep and has lost one of them, he does not leave the 99 out in the open pasture and he go after the one which was lost until he finds it. After finding it, He calls his friends and celebrates. So people, yeah, okay, we get that. He's a shepherd. Men are shepherds. Lost the sheep. Go out there and get it. Bring it back. Let's celebrate. Okay. How do they celebrate? Well, they kill the sheep they found and had a barbecue. (laughs) No. (laughs) That'll teach him for wandering away. No, probably didn't. But then he continued and he he told the parable of the lost coin. He said, or, that means he's comparing the two, or what woman, oh, where's he going with this? What woman, if she has 10 silver coins and loses one, does she not light a lamp and sweep the house and search carefully until she finds it? Now, why is this coin so important? Because it's part of her headpiece because she's going to get married. She's getting married and she's got a headpiece with 10 coins in it and one's missing. Oh, no, I can't get married like this. I got to find it. And she sweeps the whole house looking for the coin. After finding it, she calls her friends and she celebrates. You see, and Jesus made the point that with the lost sheep, there was a celebration and then he told the story of the lost coin. A celebration to lift up the women. Men shepherd sheep. Women swept the house. But by the way, I want you to notice something. The difference between the man and the woman in these parables. The man said, I have found my sheep which was lost. The woman said, I had found the coin. Which I had lost. Hmm. Which one is being more honest? Right? The woman took responsibility for losing her own coin. It doesn't look like the shepherd took responsibility for losing the sheep. He's like, oh, that dumb sheep, he just wandered away. Nobody, you're in charge. You lost the sheep. But he didn't say that. He said, I found my sheep, which was lost, parentheses, by no fault of my own. <laughs> but the woman said, I found the coin, which I had lost. Hmm. Very interesting. See, when you read the Bible slowly, you get all these little things that Jesus hides in the parables. That's why he said, he that has ears to hear, let him hear. Because we can skim over these things and miss all the little gems that are in there. And they're beautiful gems. You get enough beautiful gems and you know what you got? A necklace. beautiful necklace. Now, he talked about marriage and the resurrection in Luke 20. The The Sadducees, they did not believe in the resurrection. You know that? Religious leaders, and they didn't believe in the resurrection, these Sadducees. That's why they were sad. You see? So they questioned Jesus about marriage and the resurrection, and you know what Jesus did? Again, you gotta read it carefully to catch it. He affirms equality between men and women. Again, in the first century, this was radical. This like get a guy killed. Remember, they wanted to throw him off the cliff. He said. So they said, "Hey Jesus, in the resurrection, then who if a guy's gotta." a few wives who who's his wife gonna be in the resurrection and Jesus said well in the resurrection they neither marry or are given in marriage now he could have said they don't marry but he included women too because you see men marry women are given in marriage right see the difference so Jesus said they do not marry, nor are they given in marriage. And even our marriages today, right? Somebody walks the bride down. Usually it's the dad, if he's around. Sometimes it's a brother or somebody close. And what do they do? They walk the bride down to the altar and they give the bride away. They give the bride to her new husband. So the man marries, but the woman is given in marriage. And Jesus made it, <laughs> he, made, he made that point. He made that point intentional. Again, he's showing people of his day the prominent place that women deserve in society. There was a poor woman who, who, who praised, who was praised over rich giving. In other words, Jesus was watching the offering boxes on the temple wall And he's sitting there with his disciples, and they're just watching people come by. And they're plopping, dropping their little offerings in the boxes. And Jesus probably elbows his disciples. Hey, pay attention. He said, look. And he saw the rich putting their gifts into the treasury. And then he saw a poor widow putting in two copper coins. Two little coins, the most insignificant amounts of money in that day two copper coins wasn't worth much at all maybe to today to us it's like what are our copper coins two pennies but you know what jesus said he said truly i say to you this poor widow this woman who's trying to get by through life without a man to take care of her without a husband she put in more than all of those others for they all put out of their surplus. Oh, and they put in, they had a lot left over. They put in a lot, but they had a lot left over. But she, out of her poverty, put in all that she had to live on. All that she had. In other words, she had nothing left over. And what was it that Jesus highlighted? A woman. He framed these parables. He uses these circumstances and these situations intentionally. Two points he wants to get across, I think. Number one, to show God's kingdom is open to the whole world. No one's left out. Think about it. This is why it's called the good news gospel. If it wasn't for everybody, would it be good news? You know, there are some that say, well, God picks and chooses who can be saved. I'm like, well, how is that good news to the one that's not saved? To the one that's not picked? Where's the glory in that? There's no glory to God when he says, I pick you, but I reject you. What makes the gospel good news is that whosoever believes can be saved. Whosoever. That's the magical word whosoever whoever calls on the name of the Lord Jesus can be saved whoever believes can be saved so Jesus is showing God's kingdom is open to the whole world oh yeah people all over the world every tribe tongue and nation and secondly to give women an equality with men because they didn't have it and Jesus is like no man this is wrong This is wrong. These women are not on the back burner. I'm going to show you where they belong. And he treated them with royalty and dignity. And he told stories and he used them as the heroes of the stories. Unwritten warning to the men without saying it. If men have ears to hear and a heart to understand, what is Jesus saying? You better treat them right. That's what he's saying. You better treat them right. I'm lifting them up. I'm elevating them so you can see the value that God has ascribed to them. You better continue with that. You better treat them the way I treat them. You think they got the message? I hope so. Sadly, parts of the world, they still haven't gotten that message. Even in our own country, there are some men, they haven't gotten that message. But I'm going to tell you something. This is the beauty of the Word of God. It teaches us how to live right, how to live the right way and do the right thing. So it not only gives us the assurance of heaven, but it gives us the right way to live here on the earth. So things come back on us in a good way rather than a bad way. You know, they say the wife is the reflection of the husband, like the moon is the reflection of the sun. What do you think? Think there's some truth in that? Well, I wouldn't argue with it. Let's thank Jesus for being radical. He certainly was, wasn't he? Oh, he was radical in his teachings radical in his life. Certainly was. Next time we're together, he's going to use an example of the wise and the foolish virgins. Ladies, we're in a wedding party. (laughs) Some made it to the wedding, some didn't. We'll see why. And it's a good example of how to prepare for the kingdom of God. Thanks for coming along today. Appreciate everybody that listens and supports us. Check out our YouTube channel. Go to newhopecc.tv. Click Media, Radio, New Hope Radio. You'll get notifications every time we're on the air. Thank you for coming along. I'll see you next time for more of New Hope Radio.